Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Let's get to Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. We got a good one planned for you today. A lot of football to look into for the weekend. Awesome NFL schedule. And I'm interested. I just got off the, uh, the FaceTime with Junior. I love FaceTiming Junior on Friday afternoon because... It takes a text, a phone call, and a second FaceTime to get that little monkey to answer me. But uh, I found out where he's at. He's healthy. He had a bit of a scare earlier last weekend where he's watching his buddies play tackle football out at the youth fields. And between games, he's got a couple of friends playing. He was going to play this year and then wussed up. And he's playing football between games, and, and some dude submarines him. And we, we, we got to get him an early birthday gift, an MRI, because he, th- he thought, you know, the meniscus stuff. So things are healing up, thankfully, because he's got hoops and, and all that coming this fall. So that was a little dicey this weekend, uh, past weekend, but uh, he's doing well. And he was, we were doing our little. He's my general manager for fantasy football, so a couple of last thoughts before we set the old lineup. Uh, we have a, a good lineup when it comes to football for your Friday. Derek Peterson, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, going to be with us. We'll hear from Scott Frost. He was with the network uh, last night. Bill Dolman. Billy D is golfing down in the Ozarks, but he's going to make time for us. To talk all things Big Red, Gary Barnett is golfing in western Nebraska, uh, dismal and out in Gothenburg. So we'll talk to Barney before he tees off. And then the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke, will give us some NFL picks uh, around 540. You can get in 466 Five eight six five. Follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, and email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. I am jonesing to go watch some live football. I'll deal with what I can absorb Sunday. I've got plans already made tomorrow to watch the Pirate down at LSU. I've been swayed. I thought let's let's put part of Junior's college fund an MRI bill uh, on uh, on on the pirate to cover. It's like sixteen in the seven or seventeen and a half. We talked to Coach Leach yesterday, but the more I I, I hear and, and check in with people, they're like, "Dude, LSU is going to kill people this year. Don't expect to drop off by LSU." But when it comes to live football, Elijah, how good would it be to be at Mile High this weekend? Tom Brady, Sue Levante, they invade Donkey Land. Donkey Land, super hurt. I mean, they need more than smelling salts and inedibles. I mean, they're 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 wounded, but nobody can go. How good would it have been to jump in the old truckster, call the pharmacist Jeff up, and we road trip and go see Denver and, and Tampa play? I do think they have a super limited amount of seats available to like the, the special like people, like less eight, than five thousand. Eight people. 
somewhere around there, yeah. Like you need to have corporate sponsorship and suite. Probably. And and $1,000 parking spot. But there is a very limited number. So it's not completely shut down? Yeah, you could pull some strings still, I'm sure. I think it's way too late. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that one. (laughs) I will say, though, I I spent my entire day, and after work, I'm going to go back home, and I'm just doing homework because I do not want to do any homework this weekend. I am getting it all knocked out now, and this is going to be a weekend of football and also UFC, but mostly football. It's a weekend of football. you got a 90-degree day tomorrow after the weekend edition, little pool time, probably the last pool Saturday of the year, and then let's, let's watch some SEC football and put something on the smoker. I mean, that's, that's the way we got to roll tomorrow. Yeah, I'm starting off early. One of my buddies, is uh, he goes to Ole Miss, and he's driving back up uh, all today, and then he's getting back in, I think, like 3 a.m. tonight. Why? Hold on. Why is he not staying down there? I mean, you had Ole Miss, and who are they? they're playing somebody like a, Florida. Yeah, they're playing Florida, man. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome game. Can They, they can go, clearly. The SEC doesn't care about social distancing. Why is he? I mean, it's cool he's coming to see. You, but why would you not be down there for the Florida Ole Miss Open? That's Lane Kiffin era, baby. I actually don't know. Uh, he, he's more of an Ole Miss baseball guy. I'm not gonna lie, but we, he is coming over to my place tomorrow morning to watch the game after the weekend edition. So, well, I mean, you guys kick off at 11, and I, I you should have gotten the pass to go down to Ole Miss and watch Florida. That's what you should have done. I'm still hoping. I'm still hoping I can make time sometime this year to get down to Ole Miss and, and catch a game. But we've got a month from yesterday till the season kicks off for Nebraska, Ohio State, October 24th. Let's get into that. So we, we've had uh, almost a week to digest the schedule, look at the order, complain about the order, embrace the order, and then let our, our thoughts dance as to what not only the depth chart's going to be, where Nebraska goes, and how well, quite honestly, not just Nebraska, but everybody in the Big Ten handles. Yep, uh, we've jerked you around a lot. Now, good luck and God bless getting ready for three weeks with pads. Take me back. I mean, what was your guys' kind of protocol with high school when it came to the acclimation period? Was it three to five days before you put pads on? And I'm thinking back to spring. It was about... Probably three to four practices, three practices of just shells, right, and helmet, but no no pads, no contact. I mean, this thing, I think Nebraska will do everything in their power to be ready, and I think they've recruited well to have some guys either at the JUCO level or some guys who've been in the program to come in and be pretty good pretty good tacklers, right? I mean, are you going to make them good tacklers or are you going to recruit them at a high level out of high school? Are they are they pretty proficient at doing that while you need to get better and, and adjust to the speed of the game at the Big Ten level? I, I get all that, but that's what I'm wondering. And I'm wondering to see, too, tomorrow with the ACC. We, 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 uh, the SEC. We've seen a lot of the ACC, right? I mean, they, they've been going for a couple of weeks. We've seen some Big Ten. And you know how bad the Big 12 has looked, right? Even Oklahoma State last weekend. I mean, they their offense scores 16 points in their sleep, and yet that's what they were held to against Tulsa. A little bit of a rivalry angle to that because of the, you know, the battle for Oklahoma. But I'm interested to see how crisp and clean an LSU looks against a leech offense, right? 
this is the first time they're playing for Leach, all these kids down at Mississippi State. What's Florida look like? Florida looks like they found a quarterback because they've always had a great defense. Florida could maybe challenge Alabama this year. Yeah, I said it. Right? Uh, so, and then, I mean, we, we've seen a snippet of Notre Dame. Clemson's looked incredible. Like, they've taken no weeks off from tackling and hitting. They're just that much better than everybody else. But that's a real thought of mine and i kind of apply it back to nebraska because once september 30th hits uh, assuming everyone's got their testing protocols on campus the big 10 can finally start smacking one another uh with padded practices because you're gonna have to ramp up and you're gonna have to do it quick Uh, and what what's that mean for week one against ohio state a team that is loaded with high level players and then you you get wisconsin here wisconsin's really really talented and they're super fundamentally sound okay and that was part of the conversation piece with urban meyer and jerry dinardo yesterday like all right let's talk about practice let's talk about contact and that's very real if you're relying on young people what's their ability level with contact what are they going to be like when it comes to tackling and breaking tackles and rallying to the football all those things you can like work on and get the schemes down but push comes to shove you got to be a good tackling football team in the big 10 or a lot of these power five leagues this weekend was supposed to be cincinnati rolling into town which would have been awesome because you know fickle and his crew's a really good football team in the group of five so that's one concern i have and as we apply it to the schedule elijah you know, if we're going to circle, like, what's the most important game? And yes, the answer is all of them. But if we're going to zoom in on a game on the Nebraska schedule, what game do you think is going to really kind of be that fork in the road game? And I wrestled with two of them, and there's more than two. But as we look at this early part of the season, as we look at the first four-game stretch, a lot's been made. How you, how you take on Wisconsin, how do you rebound from whatever happens at Ohio State, good or expected, okay, with Wisconsin coming in, how do you react to a physical football team in Ohio State? Well, great, you get another dose of a super physical football team in Wisconsin. Now, I, I believe Nebraska's made really pretty good strides to be physical. That still needs to take that next step and actually become physical when it comes to putting on pads i wanted to jump and circle wisconsin do you bounce back do you exercise some of those demons in and by the way insert yourself as a threat in the west race by 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 the wisconsin game by game two and knock them off or if you start 0-2 but you play okay you're just beat by better teams does it become that third game is Northwestern kind of your fork in the road game? Because you don't get that even though it's on the road. You are 0-3 with Penn State coming. And then you wonder about confidence and morale, what's your injury situation look like? How's your quarterback playing? Is Nebraska been able to get an identity established with a run game on offense? I mean, all these bullet points we normally 
are are trying to circle with that big game or non-conference moment of the year before you head into conference season, the third week of September. I'm interested to get your thought. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Northwestern's probably, out of all of them, yes, being important in a year like no other, I think that third game of the year, Northwestern, is that, oh, God, do they start out 0-4? Are they 1-1? Let's just say after Ohio State, Wisconsin, and then you get a chance to go to two and one before Penn State. I think it is Northwestern. You can talk me out of it, but as I at first glance, that's where I'm at. I like Northwestern. I think that's a good pick. Uh, I'm down to two, and it's not Wisconsin. The game, other game I'm looking at, I'm looking at the Illinois game, which sounds a little weird, dude. They're they're sneaky. They're sneaky, and whenever you're coming off three of the four hardest games in your schedule are probably going to be in those first four weeks. If Nebraska goes one and three, I think fans will be disappointed, but not too disappointed. Depends how you look, right? Depends how you look at it. What is going to be important after that is going to be those last four games. Does Nebraska come out flat against Illinois? Do they barely beat them? I sure hope not. But I think that's why it's the fork in the road. You need to get that momentum going for those three big, big uh, interdivision games you got with Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota at the end of the year. Illinois, I think Illinois has everybody's attention, honestly. And from a Nebraska standpoint and a Nebraska fan base standpoint, that, let's be straight, before Lovey got there, they were kind of the league's Kansas, right? Um, and and then all of a sudden they rally and, and beat you in 2015, the, the infamous should I just kill the clock or do I throw the football, the Tommy Armstrong play? The one in Champaign, right? Yeah, the one yeah. in Champaign with Geronimo Allison, who's a hell of a good wide receiver. And by the way, no one recruited him as he was at Iowa Western. 6'4", 220 wideout. Just saying. That burns me a little bit if I'm a Nebraska fan. That Anywho, uh, Illinois, and you, you escaped with your life last year at Illinois. And their offense was explosive. They exposed Nebraska's defense on the edge. They ran all over Nebraska. Rewind it uh, two years ago as Nebraska was starting to stack some wins after a really tough 0-6 start, right? Uh, Illinois didn't get out of their own way, but they sure as hell moved the football, right? I mean, they were, they were, they were a pretty explosive offense between the 20s in 2018. Lovey has recruited... Fast, physical guys. He's got a really good eye for potential NFL guys. And Illinois should be a, a better program and a better job than it is. But, I mean, Lovey had a breakthrough win last year at Wisconsin. Like, Wisconsin didn't respect Illinois. And Illinois found a way to rally and upset him. Illinois went to a freaking bowl game last year. All right. So I think Illinois is a good call. I mean, because it, it's a game you should get, right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm calling a successful season for Nebraska this year, four and four, sure. get to 500. And if you come one and three out of those first four weeks and then you lose to Illinois, you're now one and four and you're going to struggle to get to 400 against Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota your next three games. You need that momentum coming out of that Illinois week uh, to have a shot at 500, in my opinion, assuming those first four weeks go uh, how we think they're probably going to go so like if things go to form you get better as the season goes on you handle some fourth quarters better than you've handled fourth quarters the past couple of years you get consistent and injury free play from your quarterback your defense as veteran as they are gets better okay and and what happens well maybe you finish four and four 
Maybe you finish five and three, and then you get somebody that that's beatable, or maybe you really exceed expectations and you're playing a second place game on the uh, the the nineteenth of December. Maybe you're getting a Michigan, or you're rematching a Penn State, or you're kind of slammed in 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 the logjam of the East West race, and and you get a Purdue, or I shouldn't say a Purdue, but a, but an Indiana, right? That's supposed to be pretty decent, but they're probably in a similar situation to Nebraska. And and then you're everyone's getting to go to a bowl game this year. I mean, that was rubber stamped. So whether you have one win or four wins or five wins or six, you'll at least get some bowl practices in, COVID and pandemic permitting. So you have a chance to, to put a good season together. We'll spend some more time on this. We'll hear from Scott Frost. Derek Peterson's up next with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Gary Barnett in one hour. We will do rapid-fire SEC uh, predictions with him. We say hi to the good doctor, Dr. Petey, Derek Peterson, at Dr. Petey HV on Twitter. We love checking in with him on Fridays. Dr. Petey, uh, Nebraska is anxious and gearing up to put the pads on. Um, I'm anxious to hear from you. As we await Big Ten football, what uh, what Power Five team or game would you want to go check out? Not either Big Twelve or Big Ten. What 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 showdown would you want to go see if you could? Uh, this weekend, just like just bucket li- bucket list deal. Doesn't matter. Um. Well, I want to go to a game at Ben Hill Griffin. I want to go to a game at the Swamp. <laughs> nice. Um, that's on the bucket list. I would like to see an Iron Bowl at some point in my life. So I want to go see Auburn, Alabama. Um, this season in particular, like I honestly, I would like to go see LSU's first game just so I can see like how they're going to move forward mm-hmm. after next season or after the previous season. Sorry, my brain's a little razz. I'm trying to find my wallet so I can leave for high school game. Um, yeah, those, those three, two, two SEC games, probably. No, I, um, we were, we were talking, out, we were talking about that. We were talking one more time. We were out in Oregon in 2017 at Austin stadium. And that place was, was awesome. Um, but that's probably the only Pac-12 that I would want to go to. I'd want to go to a Rose Bowl game. I wouldn't want to go to a UCLA game. Might be the only person there. I, I, yeah, COVID or not, I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Derek Peterson's with us. No, we were just talking because Elijah's got a bro rolling up from Ole Miss to, to hang out this weekend. And I'm like, uh, you should be going down there because Florida visits Ole Miss. We talked to the Pirate yesterday and he's going to go, I think he's probably uh, feeding Mike the Tiger right now, or he's feeding somebody to Mike the Tiger down at, down at LSU. But LSU would be a party to go check out. That would be fun. You know, if I had to pick one game this year, I think it would be kind of cool to see Clemson at Notre Dame. I mean, that's, that's in November. Uh, yeah. That would be all right. But I'm right with you. I think an Iron Bowl would be fabulous. We could probably arrange that. 
Just give Lars a call and tell Lars to make it happen. Call his buddy St. Nick up. So, yeah, you know, but I'm glad we have football to talk about. We were also getting into schedule. And what they're all important, but if there's one kind of make-or-break game on the 2020 slate for Nebraska, what game is it in your opinion? Make or break. Like it's fork in the road time for the season. Well, the first four games are going to be incredibly important. Um, Ohio State's not going to be a make or break because that's week one, obviously. If Nebraska wins, you're in good shape. If Nebraska loses, that's what everybody expects. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say – oh, it's on my wallet. Great. Um, I would say Wisconsin's going to be interesting because if Nebraska loses that first game of the season, um, I think, and, and you know, a lot of us think that Nebraska's in a spot where they should be able to compete with Wisconsin. They, they should be in a spot where they can compete with Wisconsin, hold their own, match up physically with Wisconsin. We kind of saw it a little bit last year with Dedrick Mills running around. Um, I think it was 188 yards. That That's was great. I think that was the start um, of, of you know you seeing them really starting to be, or, or at least get close to the level that they need to be at for that game. Um, I think... It's either the Wisconsin game or it's the Penn State game. Because if, if Nebraska opens the season with a loss of any kind at Ohio State and then bounces back the following week and beats Wisconsin, I think at that point anything is on the table, right? If you lose to Ohio State week one and then maybe there's a hangover for week two, um, or you know you're you're emotionally depleted um, for week two against Wisconsin, or, or you know something COVID related happens, or something like that. I don't know. Um, and you start the season zero and two. Northwestern's a really tough team to play in general. I think they're going to be better this year with Peyton Ramsey at quarterback. Um, that game gets potentially tricky, and then you know you're you're limping into Penn State and potentially you're going one and four, one and three to start the season. I, I, I think, you know, we expect culturally Nebraska to be in a better place than they have been. And I think the expectation is that those guys will be able to pull out a close game that they haven't pulled out over the last couple of seasons or respond to adversity in ways that they haven't over the last couple of seasons. It's a but, good, good take. I, I, I've got I, Northwestern circled, bud. I mean, that's that's my game. Either you're, t- yeah. either either you're either you're two and one heading into Penn State, or you're one and two, but you really can't be zero and three. <laughs> so exactly, yeah. I, I'm 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 circling Northwestern just because it's such a son of a bee to beat those guys. Yeah, that was really long winded. I'm sorry, but well, you're good. My point is, we don't know how these guys are going to respond to adversity until they actually do it. Fair. 
Derek, when you're looking at the interconference matchups that Nebraska has, it, it seems like the the three litmus tests for Nebraska are Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota, three games that they all dropped last year. When, when you look at those three games, yeah. which do you think it's going to be most important for Nebraska to get in the win column? Is it, is it Minnesota, is it Iowa, or is it Wisconsin? Um, well, Wisconsin is, is, is always important because Wisconsin is, you know, Wisconsin is the litmus test in the West. But I think for Nebraska in particular, and this, this is going to sound weird because I just said Wisconsin might be a make or break game. I think it's Iowa just because of what Iowa represents for Nebraska specifically. Like, it, it's been years of Iowa saying, you guys aren't ready for us. And it's been years of, on the field, Nebraska coming up short against Iowa. In the last two seasons with Scott Frost at the helm, it's literally been a field goal difference both times. The first year, you know, Scott has the famous, I looked across the sideline and they were bigger than us, that shouldn't happen, that line after the game. And then in the second year, you know, mistakes on mistakes on Nebraska's part, a handful of, I could run through the list of things that they did at the end of that game. But they were maybe better prepared for Iowa and they still lost by three. So if you are bigger, if you are stronger, if you are a more physical team that is, that is, that looks more of a big 10 team, if, if you're progressing there and you feel, you're starting to feel better about your depth, then the last two years against Iowa haven't been, you know, you, you haven't been far out of it. And so if you've made that progress, Nebraska should beat Iowa this year. If it, from a physical standpoint, if it's where it needs to be or, or close to where it needs to be, from a depth standpoint, if it's close or at where it needs to be, Nebraska should beat Iowa, especially earlier in the season. I think, what is that, the fifth or sixth game? Um, so not super early, but Iowa's breaking in a new quarterback. Nebraska doesn't, doesn't have to do that. Nebraska offensively should be able to hit the ground running with everything that they have. This should be the year for Nebraska, and that might be that might be the most important one that Nebraska could get all season long, just because of what it might do to confidence and what it might do to just the the feeling in the locker room. Maybe there's a okay, now we're here, now we're you know now we're legit. Derek Peterson's with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Follow him on Twitter at DrPDHV. Derek, a couple of minutes here. What uh, you, you, you detailed, you found your wallet. Where are you going tonight? <laughs> yeah, my wallet ended up being in my bag, buried. Um, so I looked around my entire apartment for no reason. I am headed out to Minden. Um, Carney Catholic is, is back on the gridiron this week. Uh, they were... They were off last week. They were supposed to make a trip to Ogallala. It got canceled because they, they had a COVID test. Ogallala did. Um, and so Carney Catholic's back after first loss of the season against St. Paul. So I'm curious to see. They've been having they, – they have the dropsies right now. And I've talked to their quarterback, Heinrich Harburg, who's a Nebraska commit. I've talked to their head coach. Um, the wide receivers, they've got a, a senior-laden wideout wide group. And they're kind of in their heads a little bit, or at least they have been. Um, they got last last Friday off. They kind of had a pseudo bye week after their first loss of the season. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, 
what what they look like tonight if if they're in a better headspace and and how uh, offensively from a schematic standpoint they can help the wideouts or how maybe Heinrich Harburg can help the wideouts a little bit. It'll be a a test of probably maturity and a kind of little bit of leadership for the quarterback that I'm interested to see. Well, that'll be fun. Can't wait for that story and report. I know you'll be uh, on Twitter uh, giving folks updates, and I like the the following Harburg that, that you're doing and Hale Varsity's been doing. I want to switch to the NBA for just two seconds, about 90 seconds here. But uh, your reaction to Billy D uh, heading up to, to Chicago here, where's, where's OKC heading? I'm really excited for Billy. Um, I, you know, the the expectation was that he didn't want to stick around Oklahoma City for a rebuild, and then he goes to Chicago that's in the middle of a rebuild. But I think Zach Levine is really good. I wanted him on Oklahoma City for a while. Um, I think he, he could potentially have a pretty good team out there in Chicago. I'm happy for Billy. Um, he had just so much turnover in his years at, at Oklahoma City. And so I, would, I, I, I hope that he can have some stability. I'm really excited for him. I don't know where Oklahoma City goes. Maybe Jason Kidd would be fun. I really want Sam Cassell off Doc Rivers' bench in Los Angeles. Okay. We have, we don't have an official announcement yet with Ty Lue, do we? I mean, I thought he was heading to a lot of different spots, and that has yet to happen. But, yeah, go get me a Doc Rivers disciple uh, if I'm OKC. Yeah. They, they've scouted phenomenally. I mean, not only has, has your squad drafted well historically, but they've been able to – to continue to ball despite losing some of the who's who of the NBA. Safe travels, Doctor. Just be one more thing that we. Go ahead. Just be one more thing that we steal from the Clippers. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Safe travels to you. <laughs> we'll get caught up, my friend. Thanks for jumping in with us. Appreciate you. All right, there he is, Doctor Petey, Derek Peterson with us. More coverage on Harburg from him. We'll hear from the coach, Coach Frost, on the way with Hale Varsity. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Great to have you back. It's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Bill Dolman coming up as he is down in the Ozarks. I don't know if he uh, power binged. Some Marty Bird advice, but we'll see where Dolman's tee shots have been earlier in the day. Yeah. Gary, Gary Barnett's coming up. I was thinking that a, a golf course down the Ozark sounds like a great business venture for Marty Bird. Well, yeah. Maybe that's where they go with the final season. <laughs> <laughs> Buys a golf course and just... Uh, Disappears. Yeah, launders some money with the, uh, the beer cart. Could do that. I, I, I think so. So, Scott Frost spent time yesterday... Uh, when it comes to just an update. And Coach Frost's been through a lot, not only with losing his father, but also the fact that, okay, it, the good news is you're you're going to get back and your team's going to be ready to play here at the end of October. That's what everybody has wanted. That's what he's wanted. That's what his kids have wanted. He had a, a sit-down with the network. Just a couple of comments from Scott Frost is what we'll get into but uh you know i'm i'm interested here when it comes to that that physical pads tackling side of things this isn't 
the NFL. These are college kids. While they've been in shape, while they've been working out, they, they've had to, to juggle with the reality, we might not play. And a lot of kids, I know that we preach, you come to school to learn and you come to school to get your education and there's life after football. This is their window to, to really kind, kind of reach a dream and achieve that dream of, of playing high-level college football or, if everything works out right, professional football. But here's Scott Frost uh, last night on the network when it comes to having to fast track and dealing with a, a short turnaround and not the normal ramp up into pads and getting your team ready. We're going to have to approach practice a little different than we would have. You know, you would have liked to have a little time to kind of work yourself into contact a little more and a little more and, and build it up. Uh, we're not going to have the luxury of doing that, so we're probably going to have to adjust practices and, and try to fast-track that a little bit. I, again, I, some of the decisions we're making are good. Some I don't really understand. Uh, we're out doing 11-on-11 right now with guys touching each other and doing as much as you, contact as you can without pads on. And nobody in our league is allowed to put pads on until all the t- uh, conference-provided testing is on each campus. And hopefully that's done by the 30th. I'm not really sure why putting shoulder pads on will we'll change how the virus is going to react to our team when we're out there as a whole group anyway. But, uh, you know, some of those decisions I can question, but it's pointless to question. We just got to follow the rules that are put in front of us and do the best we can for our team. So Nebraska is going to deal with how they're dealing. And what's been pretty unique with Nebraska's attention to detail is just how they've done their meeting rooms in the in the Hawk Center where they're spacing everybody out and they're being ultra careful for sure. Uh, Coach Frost's initial reaction about the good news that they got with the uh, the announcement by the Big Ten. And also Coach Frost, again, with the network commenting on just Nebraska's role in return to play. We're just excited to be playing. Uh, I, I think we made a bad mistake deciding what we decided when we did as a league and, and looked for a long time like they weren't going to revisit that at all. And I'm just glad that we're getting a chance to let our kids play football this year. Oh, I think I think it was probably helpful, some of the things that, that we said and did and maybe some things that our players said and did, and we weren't the only ones. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there at some other schools too fighting to play. And at the very least, I think that kept the conversation going and maybe some, some pressure on some people to, to revisit that decision, and I'm glad we landed in a place where our kids get to play football. You know, he downplayed it, but Nebraska was super vital, and they've always kind of had that, that attitude, that mindset. So uh, when it comes to roster, you know, is there, there's been some smoke and some murmurs, who's here, who's not, who's down in Florida, who's not. Uh, it seems like Nebraska's getting closer to uh, to having what they need roster-wise uh, and back here because practices have been ongoing. You need to figure things out. And then once pads do happen Wednesday, uh, you need to start taking off. Get downhill uh, in, a, in a way so you can be ready and at your best, even though it's going to be a really funky first game. Uh, we're close. You know, once they canceled season, I think people lost a little bit of hope. It was hard to keep everybody kind of pinned down and, and focused when they didn't know what they were working for. So we're close. We certainly haven't haven't had anybody opt out thinking they were going to go to the draft early, and, and announcing football certainly helps. So uh, we got the, the vast majority of our team out there trying to get better. So let's talk recruiting for a second. 
everyone's dealing with problems from an official visit standpoint or an evaluation standpoint. You can't go. They can't come here. There's not camps. Nebraska's done really well. Uh, when it comes to the staff and FaceTiming and communication. And Nebraska's 2021 class looks good. Could it be better if Nebraska had been able to have official visits or have kids come see game days? Probably. Uh, do you maybe keep a Schweitzer who, on his own dime, drove here with family Loved it, but eventually that Notre Dame offer came, right? Could you maybe flip him back? Just as an example, I don't know. But he was a really talented outside linebacker prospect that, that really we were, we were all pretty excited about watching his film that he didn't get a chance to maybe clamp down on because, listen, uh, it's that way for everybody with, uh, with recruiting being crazy. But uh, when it comes to that extended dead period, Nebraska, uh, based on how they recruit and who they go after, it's really tough. They've they've made the best out of a bad situation. We're we're typically as far away from our average uh, scholarship student athlete as anybody in the country. We have to go all over to get them. Uh, we do really well when kids get to Lincoln and see what see what it's all about and and get to come here and experience it. But you know, it's hard to recruit out of state when kids never have an opportunity to come see campus or come see our facilities and, and visit with us in person. So it's challenging for everybody. I think it's probably even more challenging for teams that are recruiting from from uh, longer distances. And uh, we're going to do the best we can with that. I think we've done a good job so far, but it certainly doesn't, doesn't help us at all to not be able to bring kids to Lincoln. Last sound from Coach Frost, and and I'm anxious to get Elijah's take on this because he's a college student. But just the players' mindset dealing with COVID here, and what's the fear factor like of of catching it? Biggest things when keep our kids healthy and safe the whole time. And, and to be honest with you, we're kind of at a point where the the kids aren't afraid of the virus; they're they're afraid of getting the virus and having to sit out. I think that's probably where most college students are, at least college athletes are right now. Probably the biggest motivation for our guys to to make sure they're making smart decisions off the field is to make sure they have an opportunity to compete. That's a legit punch in the face. 21 days, a 30-year season. And I don't know that guys your age and your health – Elijah are are worried about the long term effects of of COVID because it just kind of depends who you ask. If I were to get it, it'd be the Elijah Herb show. So maybe you're gonna hand me a blanket or something. And if I were to get it, it'd be the Damon Bar producing show. <laughs> so that's the thing is I I don't want to sit out for the next two weeks and miss a paycheck if I get COVID. I'm not scared. I don't think COVID's gonna kill me. I'm not part of that that demographic that's highly affected. Sure. But I don't want to miss two weeks of paycheck. But the reality is, is you don't want to. You don't want to be quarantined. No. You don't want to be out. We'll wind down Hour 1. Tail Bar City Radio. Bill Dolman, Gary Barnett coming up. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour. Bill Dolman, Gary Barnett, and the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke. Burke's best bets next hour. Getting into a weekend. Probably a final summer-like feel. And we are inching closer to football season. Get email Chris at AleVarsity.com. What's the most important game for the 2020 season on Nebraska's schedule? I, I have dialed down to Northwestern. Elijah says Illinois. But there, there's probably an A, B, and C on this topic. We'll get Bill's thoughts, the 
uh, prior to Fairbury, NBC Sports is Bill Dolman here, assuming he's not looking for a golf ball in, in the Ozarks. I'll throw up a Twitter poll. What four options do you think we should put up there for the most important game? I think you do Iowa from a perception standpoint. Derek was, was nailing that. I think you look at Wisconsin. I think you look at Northwestern and... Illinois or Iowa for that fourth option? I think, I think you have Iowa. I think you have Wisconsin. I think you have... Northwestern. Northwestern. I think you have Penn State. Okay. Because you got a blue blood, a second crack at a blue blood, right? You got the two teams you've been chasing historically in the West in Iowa and Wisconsin. And then you got Northwestern that is always, uh, you're out of whiskey by the time the game's over. <laughs> just, just because it's either misery or uh, you're out of heart medicine, so you turn to alcohol. I mean, yeah, those past four, last year was what, 13 to 10? Well, I'm talking like every year. It's only been one. It's only one time the thing has been in hand. You've only blown them out maybe once. That was that was uh, that was. I think Bo's last year. I mean, look at all those memorable games with Northwestern. You got the Hail Mary. Yeah. You got the uh, Scott Frost first year. Northwestern driving down, kicking the field goal. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. Brutal. Uh, well, you, look, look, think about this with Northwestern. I mean, you you had just smoked Michigan State. They were a top five, top ten team, right? And you're on your way uh, that first year in the Big Ten. All right? You bounce back from, from a tough one against Wisconsin. You get Sparty at home and you, you curb stomp them. And then Northwestern, all three wins, come in here and, and stun you. Like, upset you at 28-25. Remember that game? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> so they've been a real pain in the ass. That is true. I mean, just really bad. I mean, every last year, you're like, okay, they're really bad offensively. They're a joke offensively, but their defense was good, and you... Yeah, how did they you they held a Scott Frost offense, which was not great last year. Let's not, let's not sugarcoat well, that, but you, 13 points? Well, well, Adrian got hurt that game, too. But you, you get a field goal to avoid overtime. In the Riley area, you, area, you lose in overtime. Clayton Thorson was good. Now, don't, don't, forget, don't forget that I mean, they, uh, they ended up going to the Big Ten championship game two years ago. They won the, they won the West. Yeah, I don't want to discount what Pat Fitzgerald's done. No, but I, I, don't, I don't sneeze at them at all. But at the same time, it's Northwestern. I know. Reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. Uh, make this move in 2020 something that's not a headache. And West Blue Realty specializes in surrounding communities and home sales in the Lincoln area. Uh, make that move smooth for you with West Blue Realty. You mentioned Hale Varsity. Get up to $1,000 off the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby can help out at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofsnyder, there to help with West Blue Realty as well at 402 402- 2022312 it pays to work with West Blue. Go visit them today 1120 K Street Suite 200. We'll head down to the Ozarks. Bill Dolman coming up, Gary Barnett and uh Burke's best bets. Hour 2 on the way with Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Great to have you. It's Friday. It's Hale Varsity into Hour 2. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Gary Barnett from a Western Nebraska golf course. Bill Dolman coming to us from a golf course where Barney used to, uh, I'm sure, knock out par after par after par down in the Ozarks. Uh, the pride of Fairberry's with us, Bill Dolman, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D., tell us about your golf roadie here before we get into football. How are you? Well, it's not so much a, a golf roadie. I'm, I'm getting together with a great group of my college buddies, and uh, we're trying to remind ourselves of college days gone by without reliving college days gone by and so far failing miserably at uh, at that. Uh, things a little bit out of control, but uh, no, we, we're uh, the killer bees and a couple of mics are here to uh, you know do what most people do in Branson, and that's go to a Yakov Smirnoff show and catch a Stadler Brothers cover band. How's Yakov doing? Oh, you know, just a laugh a minute. Mm-hmm. It's a great country. What a country! Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okie dokie. Right in that thick <laughs> Russian accent. No way, Jose. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 what us guys do these days. I love it. I love it. So, did you uh, did you win some money? Did you lose some money, or did you just lose the golf balls? Today? Uh, fortunately, fortunately, I am smart enough to uh, to not even get involved in something as, such as illegal as gambling at Bushwood. So, uh, uh, so far, my pocket uh, is not lighter because of golf, but it's a little lighter because of other things. Well, I, good for you, man. Enjoying yourself down uh, in, uh, you know, a place Nebraska used to recruit and, and pretty much take who they wanted. Can you make like make that happen again? Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll stop by and see if I can't uh, get a hold of Grant Westrom and uh, I know Steve Warren's from down here mm-hmm. in this uh, neck of the woods. But yeah, we used to you know pillage Missouri pretty good back in the day, and I'm sure those days will come. You know, Nebraska can get people out of wherever they want to get them, and, and Scott Frost and company you know, they've been proving that. Uh, they're pretty relentless in where they go, and they don't seem to be afraid to, to try in and go and steal players, and they've been pretty successful at it. So, you know, why not do it in Missouri again? Bill, a thought. Uh, you had a chance to kind of get caught up with Coach Frost's first public comments since his dad passed and, and also a, a little bit of a an update with just where they're at mentally and they're trying to get physically as uh, Wednesday's kind of D-Day for pads. You concerned at all about this short turnaround? It's awesome that there's going to be ball in a month, but is it a lot to ask, not just Nebraska, but other teams in the Big Ten to slam together uh, a, a padded training camp and then go kick off a season here in three weeks? You know, I just think there has been so much, uh, dis- I shouldn't say disinformation, uh, just a lack of communication and a lack of uniformity, um, a lack of direction in this whole process for, you know, really, you know, for all of college football and and college football. And and that's sort of to be expected because, you know, this generation of, uh, of our culture has never been, you know, through something like this, but nevertheless, you know the way things have been managed by the NCAA, which doesn't isn't the governing body necessarily over NCAA Division One FCS or whatever FBS football, but it just seems like it has been so disorganized and decisions haven't been made with you know with a lot of reason and with a lot of forethought with common sense for the love of God and all that is holy uh, that it, it just doesn't make things easy for a guy like Scott Frost or Ryan Day or really anybody to to move forward, I think, 
with any confidence. I think I think if you allowed the individual institutions and programs to move forward, you, you would probably have um, more progress and maybe more certainty and more confidence. But when the Big Ten is still trying to recover from the PR disaster that it made, you know, over the the, the four week or five weeks, I guess it was, through the first decision to play, to not play, and then to wait, and then to play again. Um, and I think it's really tough under those circumstances to allow those allow programs to move forward really with any confidence. Because I have a feeling that they're that as they do move forward, and they say, okay, September 30th is our date to put pads on. Why couldn't you put pads on now? The NCAA allowed you what for whatever reason twelve hours to to work out a week. Okay, who? Why twelve hours? Why not fifteen or twenty? Um, and if if the school has it under control and has a good uh, secure environment, or as best as it could be, I just think that there's really it's trepidation as they move forward that prevents them from 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 programs from moving forward confidently. And so you pick out this date of September 30th. To a certain extent, I think that if you continue to tip, uh, you know, dip your toe in the water and just wade in, you know, like a, a little kid at a, at, a, at a swimming pool, you're actually putting players at risk a little bit that you're not allowing them to fully prepare for the season when it does begin. You know, I think we're seeing that with you know professional football and the college games that have been played so far. You know, when you're not in football shape. You know, it takes a while to to get used to being hit and how to bounce back from the hit. And I think if you that you limit that going forward, you're putting people at a bit of a risk when you get to real high speed live action. Um, you know, so those things I think are some issues for for Scott and all the programs going forward. Bill, when you look at the wave of injuries that hit the NFL this weekend, do you think that could be attributed to this weird offseason they had? And, and do you worry about injuries for Nebraska in this forthcoming season, especially with the just brutal first four games that Nebraska has to deal with to open the season? I do. I, I, I think that there is something to getting you know, pad ready, getting you know, football speed ready, getting ready you know, for the collisions and getting you know, your body prepared for those kinds of uh, those kinds of impacts, you know, you, you can't ease into the season once the season begins in the way it's going to begin. I mean, it's going to be game on. And when I look at that and I think about that, I think there is going to be a real heavy onus on line play. You know, and that's the most important aspect of football anyway. But I think that you're really going to have to have, in, especially your offensive lines. Uh, at a very high level in terms of conditioning and hitting and uh, and choreography, all of those things, to make sure that you know you have those players that are most vulnerable with the football and who are going to be in those high speed collisions that they're protected. I, I you know I, I think the offensive and defensive lines have to really be uh, ahead of everybody else, especially the offensive line, to protect guys like an Adrian Martinez, who's coming off of a down season because of injury. He's coming off of shoulder surgery. Um, you know, Wandale Robinson uh, is one of the most dynamic players, I think, in, in all of college football. And last year, as you watched the season progress, Nebraska had no weapons for him. And, and you, you just got this sense, like, you know, once November rolls around, you know, that, that kid is really going to, you know, be worn down and beat up. Nebraska needs other other weapons. And if, if they're going to rely on Robinson so much or 
Uh, Martinez, you know, those guys are pretty vulnerable. So, you know, I think the line play and protecting those guys early on is incredibly important. Bill Dolman's with us, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, you, you nailed it. I mean, that's where I'm focused in on. Nebraska's got a lot of guys who've got a lot of starts, and it kind of hinges on what can you get out of a, a redshirt freshman at right tackle that's going to be really good. Is Nebraska better positioned? Could they be sneaky good or uh, a threat uh, in this 2020 season because of what they've got coming back with the line, because of what they have now, not only with Coach Frost, but more with Greg Austin and Coach Lubick? I mean, that that it's still Scott's offense, but you got input from uh, a high-level comfort guy in Lubick that they thrive together at Oregon. And you got Greg Austin that's got more of a megaphone, thankfully, with the run game. I mean, could could Nebraska surprise some people here this season? Well, I think Nebraska may have one of its more uh, uh, may not be the most experienced the offensive line groups. Uh, you know, I'd have to look at, look at the roster a little more mm-hmm. uh, in depth than I have. You know, because I've been excited about the Statler brothers cover band. But <laughs> you know, I I think that Nebraska has the potential to have its deepest. Um, and most consistent offensive line grouping maybe in the last decade. Um, and I think it's probably one that's probably pretty hungry to come out and, and perform and perform well and, and maybe establish a Nebraska identity. I think they obviously have to understand, look, we've got to protect our quarterbacks. And, we, and Nebraska's got good quarterbacks in the system, um, and they've got you know some special uh, players in, in the um uh, uh, the key positions, and you've got good receivers. But that I think that that line as a whole, all of the guys in the room, have to kind of take it upon themselves and say, you know, this is this is our opportunity to to make a statement for this football team and allow it to be better. Because if if Adrian gets beat up, and then McCaffrey gets beat up, and now you're talking Smothers, you know, that's going to be a problem. If Robinson gets banged up, you know, those kinds of things. So I really think that it's the offensive line for Nebraska that could be. Made, it, if you're asking me if Nebraska could be sneaking good as a as a whole, yes. But I think it's that group in particular that people could, if they focus on Nebraska football this year and see the most improvement, it's going to be in that line play. And whether, whether everybody's expecting that or not, I don't know. But that, that to me, is where Nebraska will make its, its greatest uh, strides forward as a football team is what that offensive line does collectively. Not just the, you know, it's starting five. Uh, I'm talking the whole group because I think there's more depth there than there's been in a long, long time. That's the one, you know, it's funny. Only at Nebraska would you say, I'm really excited about watching the line play. But I think, you know, we understand football and have for so many decades that that's where it begins. And, and people love watching, you know, guys pave uh, big holes for fullbacks, you know, to – to you know, go on an eight-yard dive. People in Nebraska appreciate that kind of play, and that's what I'm excited to see. Bill Dolman's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Bill, in the first hour, we talked a lot about what the most important game would be for Nebraska this year. Chris thought uh, maybe Northwestern. I, I thought maybe Illinois. We, we put up a, a poll on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter, and currently Wisconsin's in the lead with Iowa close behind. So a lot of different opinions here on which game is most important for the Huskers this upcoming year. So, so what's your take on it? Well, after the Ohio State win, um, you know, and I, I think, you know, why are you laughing? I don't understand why anybody. Because would laugh I, at that. I love your take. You're you're not worried about 
going to Columbus, and you think it's, I mean, I can't wait for that Friday before uh, Ohio State where you're going to give us not only a, a, a cover win, but an accurate uh, point total. Yeah, it'll <laughs> so. be, yeah, I'll be, I'll be dead on. I've got, I've got a lot of people working on that with me. Um, but after the Ohio State win, and then, you, you know, you get the victory uh, over Wisconsin and you beat Penn State. You know, I'll I tell you, the, the games that I think are the most important are, are the ones where Nebraska starts to show its separation against the programs that it needs to, um, you know, against the, the Northwesterns, Minnesota. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know really understand why people may be more around the country than, than Nebraskans, but I, I think that there is a, rival, a rivalry with Iowa, and I know we haven't had a lot of success. I get it. But I think that there is a natural rivalry with Iowa that has developed. Mm-hmm. And I think more so than with whatever they told us we were with Colorado. I really do believe that that is a, a genuine rivalry game now. Um, whether they want to say it or not, I think it certainly is. But um, So that that's the one that I think I'm always excited about every year uh, on the calendar because it's, you know, we're going to be in right, its rightful place. Uh, on Black Friday or you know wherever, I know it's not the last game of the year, but I think when, I think this is a season when you start to see Nebraska put its separation against the programs that it really needs to, and that's those are the games I think are the most important after the win over Ohio State and the four zero start. Bill, I love your optimism. I'm thinking about it. If you play well but don't get it done against Ohio State, I think Wisconsin's a great argument. Can you bounce back and? Finally, you know, kind of exercise one of those demons uh, that that's Wisconsin, that is Iowa. I mean, both of those games are winnable for Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska just needs to play better and, and, and cleaner against Wisconsin, and they need to find a way to, to finish against Iowa. Iowa's made plays and uh, has had a couple of buzzer beaters, and it's it's been right there. It's been great ball games. Uh, if you're a college football fan, they've been just gut punches. If you're a Nebraska fan... I look at Northwestern because say you're say you're one and one or zero oh and two, and you got Penn State looming. I think you got to get that first one. And historically speaking, Northwestern has been just a a nightmare. Even in most of the wins, it has been uh, I need I need a double Jack and Coke because it's either man they upset you or they sting you, or you escape with your life either home or away, with the exception of one game. So I think Northwestern is kind of that fork in the road. Either you're one and one, you're maybe you're two and zero, oh and you move to three and zero, oh, or maybe you're zero oh and two. I think that third game of the year against Northwestern on the road is pretty huge. That's what I circled. Well, look, I I I like. I mean, I think people appreciate Northwestern. It's a nice school, and it's got a a, a great coach who's kind of generationally compatible to Scott and Ryan Day and James Franklin. And you know, there's not a lot to not like about. Northwestern. Let's say this: There's not a lot to hate about Northwestern. Sure. Uh, let's put it that way. But in terms of football programs, it's time to get some separation from that. I agree. You know, agree. And 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 to to move Nebraska forward to where you are, uh, where you have proven that you are, and that is a big time football program with cachet and clout. I mean, let's face it: the, the Big Ten is playing football because Nebraska parked its tractors. Outside the Big Ten offices, they started spilling corn seed all over the Big Ten boardroom, and they just decided, look, we'll play, okay? Now you got Ohio State involved. All right, we're going to play, but please get the tractors out. 
get your overalls out of here, get the corn seed, and go back to the farm. We're going to let you guys play. You know, the thing about the, you know, people, I said this last week, Nebraska deserved to play Indiana and Northwestern and Purdue and everybody who hid behind the skirt, right? Because you kind of knew that the schedule was going to come down in the way that it has. And, you know, I wish Bill Moose hadn't, you know, talked the way about it that he did. But that's fine. Bill Moose has done a tremendous job. But let's just go play. You don't hear Scott complaining about it. You don't hear the players complaining about it. But you just saw that, and everybody around the national media kind of laughed at it. Where The Big Ten really, I believe, stuck it to Nebraska, and I believe specifically Nebraska, was to say, no fans in the stands. Mm. That's where I think, and I, and I have heard whispers around the that that was a decision that was that would give Nebraska a competitive advantage if they had whatever we allowed into the stadium, be it you know twenty five percent, fifty percent, or if you want a hundred, go ahead. We all know Nebraska would have sold its allotment of tickets, and you would have had thirty, fifty, whatever thousand people at Memorial Stadium. The Big Ten didn't want that. I believe I believe that decision was the one that was directly pointed at Nebraska. Bill and not Dolman's the fact with that us. Stuck in with Ohio State. Billy D up against a hard one. Uh, thank you for jumping on with us, bud. We'll continue this next week. That good? It's a great country. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He is on a golf trip, but he has put the putter down to say hi to us, the coach, Gary Barnett, Northwestern in Colorado. Coach, how, how are you enjoying uh, beautiful western Nebraska? You know, it is absolutely spectacular here. I, I know everybody knows that, but yeah, I've been to Sand Hills, but I haven't been to Dismal, and we're going up to Prairie Club today, and we were in Gothenburg on Tuesday, so... Uh, there's 60,000 acres at Dismal River here with golf on it, and it's you know it's spectacular. It, it's so cool. It's been a while since I've played out at Gothenburg, and it was it was just phenomenal. And uh, Prairie Club, is, how many times have you how many times have you played that part of the West for for Nebraska? I mean, you're you're such a avid golfer. I mean, do you try and get out a couple, three times a year this way, or is it more once a year, or what's what's your itinerary like? Yeah, it's more once a year. I've been to Sand Hills a couple times, and then uh, up in north, uh, eastern Colorado Valley, Neal is up there, and it's 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 exactly, almost exactly like this, and so I like this kind of golf, and, and I like it when it's, it's non-ostentations, and that's what Bismol is, mm-hmm. and I expect that at Prairie Club as well, and that's why you know Gothenburg was just, it's public course. It's just out there, and it's just such a good golf course. And Valley Neal sort of the same way. So it's just a good guys get away, and you know you don't do anything but play golf. And and uh, I mean that's just about been it for us. So are are you going to do any uh, any barbecue stops or do you hit all these or I mean what, what's the what's what's I mean you you, you golf you're going to need to do food as well. No, we're not making any stops. We're we're pretty simple eaters here. So I think I had a, <laughs> I had a pizza last night. But, uh, <laughs> so we're just playing golf and uh, yeah, you know. Take it a couple days away. That's good for you. Gary Barnett's with us. My wife is very happy about that, by the way. Well, I I bet without football, you probably, I don't know, man. Uh, This is probably weird for for everybody, but at least we're getting back to it. And and I know we talked... uh, about the uh, the schedule 
the perceived schedule that finally dropped on Saturday uh, last week as as uh, things got rolling. But, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Nebraska's um, uh, crossover and it's tough. And did you ever have much input at all with the Big Ten schedule when you were with Northwestern? There are some years you'd miss Northwestern and Ohio State. I should say you'd miss Ohio State and Wisconsin. There were some years you got both. But it, it always kind of flips around before with the odd team and, and now with who gets who in the crossover battles. But how did you approach that as a coach? You just didn't worry about it. You know, you just – uh, it, it was what it was, and you look at it as an opportunity. I mean, it doesn't, you know, you, it, it, people, when they hear you complain about like things like that or, mm-hmm. you know, wish it was a different way or whatever, they, you know, they just go, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go play. So it doesn't do you any good, and I think it sends the wrong message to your players and your coaches. So um, at least that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there were times when we were fortunate. You know, I mean, the year we went to the Rose Bowl, we didn't play Ohio State. Um, so, but we we had everybody else. We had Michigan, Penn State, you know, and all those. But we didn't miss Ohio State that year. And, uh, of course, they were a really good football team. But sometimes it works for you. Sometimes it works against you. Well, I think you asked Northwestern fans, uh, you know, Ohio State missed you guys, right? I mean, you can flip it around. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, Gary sure. Barnett's with us, Sale Varsity Radio. He's out west golfing, checking out some phenomenal courses in Nebraska. So when you look at, at the, the Big Ten, and we're hoping we get as many games in as possible, Ohio State's loaded. We, we all know that. But is there a dark horse team out of the east and you can say Michigan or Penn State that's not really dark horse but I guess what I'm getting at is what do you think of Indiana and then what's your feel on the west do you think Northwestern can can bounce back what do you think of Nebraska and then I know Wisconsin and Iowa both are are really talented but to be honest Wisconsin and I know road games this year are not really road games but their schedule is not real easy either. I mean, how do you kind of shape up the Big Ten? Well, I think the surprise team might be Minnesota. Oh, okay. You know, if they get Bateman back, uh, you know, the quarterback's back. Minnesota's a good football team, and I think he's sort of got it rolling. And they're, they're not someone you can discount the way um, perhaps you could in the past. So, uh, you know, I was – I think the West is really solid. I mean, yeah. really solid. And, uh, you know, I think Northwestern may struggle. Um, you know, they've got to find a quarterback. Um, you, you know, Nebraska is sort of the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wisconsin, you know, that's always a solid program. They're always tough to beat. You know, Iowa, shoot. So I think it's really solid. I think the surprise team might be Minnesota mm-hmm. on that side anyway. On the other side, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of surprises. <laughs> uh, you know, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. I don't know what Michigan State's going to have, a uh, new coach and all that. But uh, I think that side is still more really good teams on that side than probably in the West. But I think the West is solid. I, you know, it's one of those years that if, ever, if they all get to play, we don't miss any games. Then, you know, they'll beat each other up pretty well on that side. Gary Barnett, a few minutes with us. Hale Varsity Radio. He is out swinging the clubs 
uh, Gothenburg region. Good for him. Uh, a little breather. Now, and I forget the kid's name, but he came into Lincoln, was a starter, lost his starting job, won it back, and, and now transferred the, the old Indiana quarterback. I think Fitz may have somebody that can really roll their offense because I know the defense for Northwestern is going to be really good. But I like that Indiana quarterback. I mean, and, and now he's at Northwestern. Yeah. And I think, uh, you, you know, they struggled so much at that position yeah. last year between injuries to Green and the, the uh, other kid just not working out. Mm-hmm. So it's been a couple of years since they've had a quarterback now that can really run their offense. And I, you know, talking to Fitz, I think he really likes this kid. But you got to see him play and you got to, you know, <laughs> he's, he's, you got to take him out there and have him do it. So uh, those things can work for you or they can just be busts. And, you know, they're, they're due to have one that works for them. Coach, uh, Big 12 talk here real quick. Uh, I know it was a softer opening for Oklahoma, and they've had a run of quarterbacks, man. They've had some cre- just incredible talent. But that Rattler kid for his first career start, 14 to 17, 294 touchdowns. They host K-State this weekend. Big 12 kind of gets a little more for real. What did you take away with Rattler? Is he the next great, or are you gonna gonna wait a little bit on uh, on? I don't want to say crowning him, but at least you know, kind of jumping to conclusions. I thought he looked great for a kid that's that's just a redshirt freshman. Well, I you know he's a he's an Arizona kid, so I got a, I did get a chance to watch him play. True freshman. And, sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, he's a um, he's a redshirt. Redshirt. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, you know he's uh, he's the real deal. He really is, and uh, you know I think he's the reason that uh, Oklahoma didn't go after Derek uh, King, okay. the kid that went to Miami, because they I knew they thought they had something really special in, uh, in Rattler, and I think he is special. And um, so that's a big game. State, yeah, they just they just. A touchdown at the wrong time. Mm. It was a pretty good game, and they're a better team than that, I think. So going down there and being 27-point underdogs, I think it's a little bit of a surprise. So I, I think that might be a better game than you think. They, you know, they beat them last year. Mm-hmm. No, and then they came back and beat them yeah. last year, which was good. Coach, we'll do some rapid fire here, and we'll let you tee off. Uh, let's go to the SEC. I can't wait for this uh, – this weekend, we talked to the pirate yesterday, and he's all ready to go see Mike the Tiger down at uh, LSU. <laughs> and uh, I'm interested to, to get your thoughts here with uh, with LSU. I like Coach O. I know Bo's down there. I always get a kick out of those Leach Polini matchups that were in the Big Twelve. And from a from a spread standpoint, I look at this, and you got LSU minus sixteen and a half. Nobody's going to be in Tiger Stadium. It's a 2.30 kick, but what do you see here? Could could this be a sneaky tight one for Mississippi State to cover, if not maybe upset? Uh, you know, he lost, uh, LSU lost so many good players, yeah. Chris, and he's got two or three really good players that are opting out. And so you would look at that, you know, new quarterbacks, and look at that, and you go, well, this team can't be nearly as good as they were. But the one thing you know about LSU, year in and year out, is they got players. And they're stacked up. They got, I mean, they just reload. So I think Mississippi State struggles in yeah. this game. I think LSU is 
probably going to surprise everybody and be better than they thought. Okay. And so I, I you know, I think Pelini, you know, I, I think it's a perfect spot for him. And mm-hmm. I'm happy for him being there. And I'm really uh, looking forward to watching him coach again. So, but I think LSU got talent that we don't even know about that uh, is, will show up in this game. I do like, you know, Costello and Leach paired together. You're a, you know the Pac-12 pretty well because Costello was at Stanford for, I think, right. two or three years. I mean, does that seem like a pretty good fit for, for what Leach wants to do and what Costello can do? You know, I wasn't a Costello fan. Okay. Uh, as I watched him, I, I don't think he can do the things that Mike does. So, we're gonna, uh, you know, he'll probably prove me wrong. When I hope he does for this mm-hmm. But I wasn't a fan of Costello's when in that conference. And so I, I, I'm eager to watch that one, too. How about uh, Kentucky-Auburn? Uh, tell you what, Stoops has got things going to Kentucky. Auburn's always loaded. Kevin Steele, of course, down there, minus seven and a half Auburn. Kentucky get the cover. Auburn get the win and win outright. Uh, I think uh, probably Auburn wins that. Uh, but, but, you know, the big thing is home field advantage isn't what it used to be. It, it doesn't even exist hardly now. So, you know, it used to be you could get a you got a three-point advantage for playing at home. I, I don't think that's true anymore. So, uh, and Kentucky is really good on defense. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a close game. I think Auburn still probably wins this thing just because they got more athletes. But Stoops has done a good job there. I think that'd be a fun game to watch. All right, Ole Miss hosting Florida, and uh, that's the uh, the kickoff to the uh, Kiffin era. Is this thing tight? Florida's favorite on the road by fourteen. Everybody wants to watch Kiffin, but I want to see how good Florida is because that's the team that they're talking about winning that eastern side of that sure. conference, even being good enough to beat Alabama. I, I'm really more eager to watch Florida than I am Kiffin and his group and uh, I think Florida wins this I think just too solid and I think it's too hard for Kiffin to come in right away and be that significantly better than they were last year in the opening game against Florida Gary Barnett coach hit him far and straight Chris great being with you thank you he's in his 30s but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Time for Burke's Best Bets. Danny Burke, the pride of Chicago with v And I tell you what, I can follow Danny on Twitter at DannyBurke5. Pride of Chicago, how is it? Smitty, I'm doing good, man. We're here, NFL Week 3. We got a great slate to get into, so I'm excited to hit it. Man, we got so much to get into, and I know you'll be on Fox uh, covering stuff in the Chicago area. Let's start off with Bears-Falcons. Is Atlanta still crying? Minus 3 ATL. (laughs) Oh, that they are. But, you know, (laughs) this is one of those tricky situations where you look at both teams and you're just like, who do I want to back here? Because, yes, the Bears are 2-0, but it's a very, very ugly 2-0. And Atlanta at the same time, yes, they should have beat the Cowboys. Yes, their offense looks good, but it's still Atlanta, and it's almost like they're cursed in a sense like Detroit. But really, Smitty, I think the play here is to lay the three with Atlanta. I just have no confidence that this Bears offense can keep up with the Falcons on the road. Yes, I know there's no fans, so it's different on the road, but it's still just a a little bit more of a unique environment. So until Trubisky shows me that he can keep up with this Falcons offense, 
that put up what 39 last mm. week and you know 30 the week before whatever it was against the Seahawks I'm just not buying it and I don't think the Bears defense is that good enough to sustain you know this offense the whole game so I'm, I'm laying the three with Atlanta you got to pay a little bit more to lay that three but I think the Falcons get the job done this week Bills are hosting the Rams it's going to be 10 a.m. kickoff for the Rams uh, when it comes to palm tree time Buffalo's nice Rams look incredible I think the Rams look as, as good as anybody in the NFL Buffalo minus two that's a bad number Number. I mean, it's just a bad number minus two. But do you like the Bills or do you want the points in L.A.? Yeah, you know, you're, you're absolutely right about the Rams. They've been looking nice. And, you know, during this offseason, I think a lot of people kind of forgot about them. And I even just brought up and like, what about this Rams team? Are they kind of a sneaky pick? And it seemed like not a lot of people thought so. Rightfully so. I mean, you lose Todd Gurley. You don't really have any big names in the backfield that much. But they're still getting the job done nonetheless because you see how dispensable running backs are nowadays. Uh, you could still get a lot of two-and-a-halves out there, I see. Um, but honestly, I would lean with the Rams in this spot, Schmitty. It's probably not one of my top plays for this week, but uh, I think this Rams defense can do very well against this Buffalo offense where are we still sold on this offense? Mm. I'm probably not. I think Josh Allen is making the necessary strides, but I give the advantage to the Rams and Sean McVay here. They look like they're really dialed in as of this point. Danny Burks with us. Burks best bets. NFL weekend. Raiders. Man, they look something fierce. And John Gruden's as good as advertised. Uh, what a ball game Sunday night. But New England stopped at the goal line. Does, does Belichick fall to one and two? New England's favored five and a half. What do you think of this with Vegas and New England? You know, I don't think they do, Schmitty. This is kind of just your classic overreaction to what happened the week before. Not as much with the Patriots because obviously that play came down to the very last one. But more so on the Raiders getting the win against the Saints. Remember, it's also against the Saints team where without Michael Thomas, Drew Brees' arm is evident that it's been slowing down for years, even more evident this past game. It was the debut in their new stadium in a new city, so a lot of momentum going toward Vegas in that spot. Yes, they have the tools offensively to be a solid team. I don't know if Derek Carr is capable of doing that on a consistent basis. This number's creeping down now. It opened up at 6.5. or seeing 5.5. I'm probably not betting it, but I would definitely look the way toward the Patriots before I would the Raiders. Texan Steelers does... Uh... Watson start out 0-3. Pittsburgh's been okay, but they haven't really wowed. They're minus four this weekend. This line has kind of confused me the most out of any. It opened up six in favor of Pittsburgh, which obviously just got hammered down. If you're giving me six points with the Texans, I would have jumped on that immediately. Even four, like you said, now I'd still take the four with Houston. Heck, I'd take the money line and take the great value with Houston as well. I don't think Deshaun Watson starts out 0-3. I'm not convinced on this Pittsburgh team. Yes, they have a good defense still, but I think the Texans can hang in this one. I don't know if Pittsburgh's offense can do enough to hang with Houston, in my opinion, is what it's going to come down to. I would take the four and take even a little flyer on the money line with Houston for some good value. Burke's best bets, Danny Burke at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter is where you find him. He's host of Rush Hour Monday through Friday. Gets going at 6 in Chicago. Also, bet on Chicago, WLSAM 890. And, of course, Fox 32 in Chicago. Danny, uh, are you buying the the Broncos uh, 0-3 movement here? Or does Tampa and Tom, specifically Tom, struggle in mile high He's not good there. He just hasn't been Tampa's favorite five and a half. 
Yeah, you know, this is a really tricky spot, handicapping-wise, in my opinion. We had a guest on who really liked the Broncos here, actually, because they were about six last night. So Denver has been getting some attention. First, it was Tampa Bay from three and a half to, like, six. And now, like you said, it's at five and a half. For me, it's going to be a stay-away game. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, Denver's been playing every game close, so I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. But at the same time, if this one stays close, Who's to say that Tampa Bay doesn't go down at the end and get a touchdown to have them cover that five-and-a-half spot? So, for me, it's a total stay away, but I think it is going to be a close one for a majority of the game. What, what are the over-unders on this one? Do you think this is high scoring? Do you think this is low scoring? You know, I was actually looking at that. I was going to say that it's at 43. I would probably think it's going to be a little bit more lower scoring, and I would gravitate that direction. All right, Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, Seahawks, Cowboys. What a thriller for Dallas and Dak. Same with Seattle as their defense showed up at the goal line. This is fantastic. Can't wait to watch this as you have Seattle at home favored over Dallas minus five. What do you like here? I would have loved to take the Seahawks once again. Had them against the Patriots, of course, had to sweat that one out. But now <laughs> yeah, I think, did. I mean, I know that the number has <laughs> kind of sailed at this point. You've missed the ship. So three and a half is where they open. Now you're seeing probably four and a half is the best number, as high as five in some places. And the total obviously skyrocketed two up to 56. I definitely wouldn't want to take the under in this spot, but 56 is getting pretty high here. Um, you know, I think I just have to lean with the Seahawks again, and I hate saying it, but like I said, like I've said for other games, not one that'll be my best bet. More of a game that I'll just sit back, enjoy, and probably look for an in-game opportunity if the Cowboys get up early. Then I'll look to bet the Seahawks, assuming that you know they're not going to be able to hold Russell Wilson down for too long. Let's talk Packers Saints. Uh, what do you like here over under? Do you like uh, Green Bay and the points? Do you like New Orleans and the cover? This is the Sunday night uh, matchup. What Both quarterbacks are legends. So this is going to be the ultimate like pros versus Joes game because we talk about overreactions. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what's going to happen with both teams. Green Bay has been phenomenal offensively. New Orleans coming off a bad loss against the Raiders. The Saints opened up six and a half. Everybody's hammering Green Bay. It was at three and a half for most of the week. Now you see the Saints laying three, a little bit juice that direction. Uh, this is a spot where I actually just look to tease the Packers, actually, and I tease them up. And I did that with another game, too, I'll say really quick. The two teasers I did was a six-and-a-half-point teaser with the Texans up to ten-and-a-half. Mm. The Browns down to a half point where they just have to win this weekend. The other one I did was teasing the Cardinals down to beat the Lions, and then I teased the Packers up plus nine-and-a-half against the Saints. I don't know if Green Bay wins. But I think, obviously, they can cover at least the touchdown in that spot. So I like teasing up the Packers in this game because, look, this is just your classic overreaction scenario here. So uh, it's going to be a tough and fun game nonetheless. But with that number at three, ah, man, it's tough. I think I'd more so look at the total and probably look toward the over 52.5. Danny Burks with us. Danny, 30 seconds. How do you make money Chiefs-Ravens Monday? Honestly, I kind of lean the Ravens here. I mean, look at what Justin Herbert was able to do against that Kansas City defense. Yes, they didn't have as much time to prepare. And I know you're going against Patrick Mahomes. I understand it. So even if the Ravens do win this game, you're still going to have Mahomes coming down with the ball at the end of it. The hook kind of sucks. Maybe you look to buy the half point if you're willing to pay a little bit more. But I think Baltimore is going to torch up this KC defense. And I look for the Ravens to get the win. Minus three and a half Ravens. Danny Burke and Danny Burke five. Pride of Chicago. Danny, we'll talk again. Thank you. Absolutely. You bet, Schmitty. Have a good one. 
miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Good stuff from Danny Burke and, of course, Gary Barnett. Weekend edition tomorrow morning, myself, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbals. And how'd the uh, pickup game go the other night? I see the ankles taped. Yeah, uh, not not great, to say the least. I'm not sure what 2020 has, uh, has been doing to my body. So you had but... a shoulder you jacked with when you were trying to mess with an MMA dude. Yeah. So, did you try and dunk on Akeem Olajuwon last night or Wednesday? What What's the the ankle taping for? Uh, my official story, um, because you just Bill tell Hooks, me it was a drunken incident, and we'll be we'll, we'll write it off. Bill Hooks and, and Nick Gregith in the morning have uh, have challenged me and Will. Uh, so to, it's two on two. Well, they've they've challenged us to a basketball game. So my story for them is that Will crossed me up really hard and broke my ankles, and it. And it but that's not what happened. I, I just stepped on a foot, and the ankle rolled. So. It's, it's, so it's that, all, that, that's okay though you're a big man so you were going down to the paint mm, I, was, I was the dungeon I was boxing out, yeah. and that happens you can step wrongly on someone's foot there's no shame in that there's more shame in Willie J crossing you over but I, I want to scare Nick and, and Bill and I, for and I love Willie J uh, he was hitting some threes I did see the video footage that he was that, the man just splashes I've, I've said this before it must be the power of the mullet it's the mullet and it's hand in the cookie jar he says it every time Hand in the cookie jar, and it's it's, a, it's, it's nothing but net every time. So I, I'm trying to get a clean bill of health. Going to go get this ankle checked out. I think. Well, I'd it's all love to do blue. the play-by-play on the two-on-two. Would you? I'd love. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it locked in. Willie J and and Elijah versus uh, Greg Ethan Hooks. See, and we'll do it down in the rail yard. I'll have a bal- I'll have a balcony view, or I can set up, and I'll just we'll just we'll do. Um, Maybe we'll just we'll just roll on it, so we're not taking, you know, valuable airtime for things people give a damn about. Uh, I bet they'd run it in the morning. Oh, I know they would. That'd be a lot of fun. I think we can get the win. See, Nick and Bill want three points. They want to spot in three points because no. we're younger, more like yeah, no, 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 because they want to put a hundred bucks on it. If they're going to put a hundred bucks on it, I'm not spotting them three points. No, make it five hundred. Ooh, and you got to do. Well, you, and here's the other thing. You make it a little more. For every time, I assume it's a make it, take it deal. I would assume so as well, yeah. You know, one points inside the arc, two points, kind of mm-hmm. like, you know. St- standard pickup rules. Standard yeah. pickup rules. So every time you uh, you get scored on, you got to take a shot. Oh, so by the end of the game, it's just real. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm saying let's let's add some more to it. I'm not sure about every time you get scored. One player on the team every single time you get scored sure, on. Sure, fine. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Alternate. We're getting this thing figured out. So you get a sh- you take a sh- if if you don't get a stop defensively, you got to take a shot. And then your defense is getting a lot worse progressively throughout the game. I like it. Or you're carefree. You can gamble. <laughs> and it's not like you're playing full court. Oh no, yeah, you just you, you just check up and and go to town that way. Yeah, I need a clean bill of a uh, clean bill of health on the ankle first. Well, let's do let's do this thing. And let's get it. Let's get it locked in. And let's 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 just film it, or live stream it, and I can do commentary that way. Okay, that would work as well. Then you can post it. Yeah, and with with our friends at Herdat, this is sound like a better and better idea. They've got seven thousand incredible cameras down there. 
I mean, it's it's very doable. Then we find some sponsorships, and everyone's happy. Let's do it. Like one of the Friday nights down the rail yard. Let's get it done. Perfect. Right at, like we can go right after one of the Friday shows. That'd be all right. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Have a great Friday. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity.